Everyone has opinions. Most of them are trash. Join us each week as we get to the bottom of the heap, sifting through topics ranging from pop culture to Pop-Tarts. In the end, only one trash talker will reign refuse supreme. Disagree? Too bad. Welcome to Your Opinion is Trash. Hey everyone! Happy Tuesday! Yay! Oh, say that. No, Keith says it, and then, then no one, no one has a problem. AJ says it. Big issue. It was, it was very confusing the first time you said it. Hey, it hey is friends. a great Tuesday. Yeah, it's, it's Tuesday. How's everyone doing? Good, good for a Tuesday. Sure. Yeah. Can't complain, yeah, you know. Tuesday good. kind of A little feels like, like mild case of gastric distress, but otherwise good. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're all living with at this point. Yeah. It's a gassy day. <laughs> it's just a gassy old Tuesday over here, and your opinion is trash. My wife told me I was particularly gassy last evening. That's TMI. That's, yep. I'm sure she'll love that you talked about that. <laughs> she had to tell you? You didn't realize? I, I farted in my sleep a lot. I guess. Oh, that's funny. Oh. I thought before it was TMI. <laughs> <laughs> episode of Your Opinion is Trash. Feels like it's going to be a good one. Do you think so? I think so. I'm excited. I'm excited. I know you're pumped. Yeah, well, who doesn't AJ love... is texting on his phone while we're trying to do this. So he's... No, I'm checking bank balances okay. just to make sure that... Just make sure you know, everything's okay. That money, is, money is where it needs to oh, be. Just make sure the Zoom's not going to click off in the middle of this? Yeah, no. Okay. We've, we've got enough for, for two an hour. Okay, so. great. Um... So AJ's good, Keith's great, yeah. I'm super Just checking clear. checking your bank balance. It's magnificent. <laughs> yep, the whole gang's here, so... I have an announcement. Oh my god. Um, this has nothing to do with anything okay. we're about to talk about. Great. I just wanted to let everyone know, um, even though I don't eat fast food very often... <laughs> this um, is true. It's a rare occasion. Just, well, two to three times a week, <laughs> max. I've had Wendy's twice in the past Gross. two days. Why? And I have to. Well, right. sometimes you know. It's what you got to do. You eat the bar. Have you tried their sometimes breakfast? Sometimes the bar eats you. Um, the so my first announcement is that the chicken nuggets are not what they used to be. <laughs> uh, oh. And my second announcement is that the Baconator, the breakfast Baconator, okay, fucks. Oh. So yeah. Is yeah. Wait, is it just uh, bacon? It's a, a sausage patty. Oh my! A fried mm-hmm. egg. Ooh, I'm into mm-hmm. that. Cheese, mm-hmm. and then uh, le bacon. Okay. And then it's like a brioche. Uh, oh, it's not a biscuit; it's a brioche. Um, big fan of the original Baconator weighing in. I tried the <laughs> breakfast sandwich Baconator, and it is like a delightful step up. For right. Me. All right. So is yeah. the Baconator a burger normally? Yeah. I don't okay. eat a Wendy's. That's fine. It's a, yeah, it's, it's just, the it's square just, hamburgers. It turns me off. That's what you're, okay. It is a it's square. It's unnatural. <laughs> oh, sure. yeah. I like the idea of grinding a cow up in the meat. <laughs> it's unnatural. The, the a circle is so normal. But, I, but I also love, like, I love Circles a dino. Circles just time in nature. Shapes. A perfect square? No, not so much. That's architecture, <laughs> and I don't want it in my beef. <laughs> That's architecture, and I don't want it in my pee. There's the quote. There's the quote. On the episode, it has nothing to do with it. It's great. I love it when that happens. I just had to let everyone know about my most recent Wendy's encounters. All right. Can I ask, why did the what, what, did the chicken nuggets change? Did they uh, announce a change or something? No, no. I think the you know the quality just went down, just like the McDonald's fries aren't what they used to be. <sighs> Again, I rarely eat fast yeah, food. Yeah, okay. No. <laughs> Obviously, you know, it's like when you it's like when you don't see a small child for many years and you recognize the change rather than living with it every day. Right. You eat fast food so rarely yes. that the change is that much more noticeable. Correct. I what? am picturing you in your basement with like poster boards that you've uh, <laughs> written your reviews on and you're like updating it furiously. I like the idea that anyone in New Orleans has a basement. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh. I, I, I hope, I hope oh. that it's covered with red yarn as he's attempting to like put together a murder Solve case a as well. Right. Yeah. That's pretty much, yeah, what's going on. Uh, well, great. Yeah. So, so, everybody know. so a solid one out of two for Wendy's this week. Yeah. I was skeptical on the breakfast baconator. A buddy of mine said it was the realness and he was not wrong all right well 
Good job, Wendy's, on the breakfast food. Yep. Well done. Yeah. Um, okay. It's a great so, segue. This is a good segue. <laughs> so that so. Right, because who makes, who breakfast? makes breakfast? But your mom. Yeah. And this week we are talking about who is the best TV mom. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna win okay. so hard this week. Oh my goodness! I don't think Although so. technically, Danny Tanner has to make the breakfast. <laughs> That's true. Well, so. yeah, true. Because his wife's super his dead. His wife's dead. Stick that no. in your gender norms. <laughs> wanted to say stick that in your gender norms. That's fine. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it most of the TV moms we're probably going to be talking about are from the olden days. So, mm. you know, from like before the 2000s. <laughs> from when we watched TV. Correct. Yeah. That wasn't when, like uh, streaming. Yeah. Correct. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. I didn't watch TV all day today or anything. No, me neither. <laughs> when I did a lot when, of things today. When I thought of TV moms, I thought of the classic three camera sitcom with laugh track. Yeah. So, nope. you know, I wasn't thinking like Walter White's wife from Breaking <laughs> well, Bad. Yes. Although she was a very well, good, compelling that actress. That would have been a horrible pick. <laughs> yeah. Um, you erased his notes. I was like, yep, no. I guess I'll hold this So, yeah. Um, what do you got for us on TVs and moms? Nothing. Okay, I got good, nothing. Good. We're going to jump right in because we've had a lot of time on Wendy's. <laughs> Well, I can pontificate. No, nope, we don't need to. Please stop. I'm, I'm, I'm begging you to not pontificate. Oh, all right. Listeners, he took off his glasses in preparation to pontificate. Begging you to not do it. Um, oh, all right, very well. I thought Claire. he was going to put on his safety glasses. <laughs> he has safety glasses for power washing. I thought they were for bike riding, but I was wrong. It could be. You could be if you were concerned about getting a little pebble in your eye or something. Oh my God. All right, Claire, can you please go so we can stop talking yeah. about nonsense? I can go. I, I will note, uh, I've noticed I go first more often these days, which says to me that Natalie does not think highly of my current oh, oh, I totally, I totally agree with you, Claire. I, I absolutely, there is a, there is an undercurrent of deceit. Oh. I think it's just, but I'd I love to go that. first. <laughs> I think it's just because I'm staring at you. I'm the only one looking at you. And I think that's why we can let Keith go first. No, no, no. I'd be delighted. It's, I just it, wanted to point out the pattern I had noticed. It's because cu- you're an hour ahead. I think you're an hour we're ahead. Trying, we're trying to right, get you out of here. after I talk, I go to bed. It's just like, I'm done. I really just think um, it's because I'm staring right at you into the computer screen. And I'm smiling at you Jesus like a goofball God. the whole time? Exactly, yeah. Uh, no, I'd be I'd be happy to go first. I, I didn't mean to um to waste any of my time. No, it's, um, it's not your time. You're I <laughs> I I did not go with the classic three camera oh. uh, laugh track sitcom style mom. So fuck she, off. I, I picked Walter White's wife. <laughs> I picked Walter White's wife. Um, no, I I I came very close to doing. Um, Danny Tanner and Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey all as one. Sure. I would have but instead, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured, but I was like, you know, you can paint inside the lines because I had a good one mm-hmm. that came to me because I was talking to somebody about the um, the most traumatic TV deaths. Oh God, sure. <laughs> that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, which led me to my pick, which is Joyce Summers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. My goodness. That is a traumatic death. My goodness. I mean, look, I, a lot of sad things have happened on television. Literally nothing is worse than the episode of Buffy that is called The Body, mm-hmm. yeah. which is when Joyce dies in season five. And it's, Brutal. Horrible. It's awful. It, but it's so it's so good because the whole show minimizes sort of like death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, right. it makes sort of light of monsters killing people. Sure. And then, I mean, with some exceptions. But then when Joyce dies of an aneurysm, which I'm already afraid of. Yeah. Who isn't? They just happen and then you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. And she's like discovered at the beginning of the, her body is discovered at the beginning of the episode. And then, you know, like Buffy tries to make it a monster, but it's not a monster. And mm. she has to like deal with grief. Oh, it's so good. Yes. Um, but yeah. Uh, so Joy Summers played by the incomparable Christine Sutherland, mm-hmm. who I've only seen in one other thing. And that was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Correct. Oh, right. Correct. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is the only she, other thing she's She's the ever, neighbor, right? She's yep. the neighbor's wife, yeah. Yeah. Well, when, you, when you're two she's, for two, you stop. You, you, you stop. stop. You, just, you, yeah. stop. you stop. You stop while you're up and while you're on top. I mean, based on the, like, pages and pages of her AMA on Reddit that I read every single bit of today. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, I think she was very, she connected a lot with Joy Summers. Yeah. And was happy to be part of this family. Um, she's no relation to Donald Sutherland or any of his relatives. <sighs> Tragic. <laughs> however, however, she took the name Sutherland when she joined the union. I think her name is Christine Young. Okay. But, um, you know, when you join SAG, you can't have somebody else's name. So she changed her name to Christine Sutherland. Oh. And she did that because she had a cat that she had named Donald after Donald Sutherland. What? So it's all connected. That's a great reason. I'd say that's related. That's amazing. And Donald Sutherland is in the movie Buffy the Vampire. Correct. Oh my He's fucking the, God. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He's the Giles character. So, so all I'm saying is it's all connected. It all goes all the way to the top. <laughs> this is great. Also totally unrelated, but um, I've been listening back to our episodes and I've learned that my like microcosm of pop culture intake is very insular because it all ties together in weird, <laughs> weird ways. Uh, but I'm proud of that, I guess. No, I think it's fine. We all live in a I've, bubble of sorts. Yes, I've cultivated a yeah, uh, lifestyle. You've made a nice little life for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> in my closet. In your closet. In with your vampire distress. movies. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. When no one lets you out of the closet, you know, you have to, you have yeah. to entertain yourself with what limited availability you have. Yeah, we here in the closet, we make our own fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out at a time where, like, shows, uh, they had parent figures, but usually the parents were, like, off on their own adventure, or, like, there were multiple parents and they had a side, like, B-plot. Joyce didn't really fit into either of those molds. Mm -hmm. She actually sort of functions within the Scooby gang Mm -hmm. in her own way, which I found very compelling, and... There's this whole argument that, like, all the Slayers before Buffy died when they were, like, 16. Mm-hmm. Um, but Buffy has, you know, she went to college. Mm-hmm. She yeah. started a whole, like, group of Slayers. Yeah. Um, that was after Joyce died. But anyway. Right. Um, and it's the sixth season. So, like, don't fucking watch it. It's so bad. Um, Can confirm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but uh, it's pointed out that the reason Giles thinks that Buffy has made it so long is that she has Joyce. She has like, she has a nice uh, relationship with her mother. Her mother's so nurturing and has taken care of her. And she's like the source of Buffy's strength, mm-hmm. which I think is so lovely. Like what a charming yeah. mother daughter bond. And she's a single mom. She mm-hmm. dates, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And she dates, notably, John Ritter, who plays a robot who tries to kill everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That episode is called Ted, AJ, for when you want to go watch it. (laughs) Ted with Ritter as robot? Robot Ritter? Yeah. He's like a robot wife killer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sort of like a a Robert Durst (laughs) robot. I'm intrigued. (laughs) I'm intrigued. Excellent. Yeah. This is good. Um... and then I, the other like episodes that I want to point out that she's that are particular to Joyce, um, her favorite moment happens in season two. She's in season one, but she's really not mm-hmm. a big part of it. And then Joss Whedon fell in love with her and started sort of folding her sure. into the actual story. Um, in season two, at the end of the episode titled Innocence, after Angel has turned all evil and it's yes. Buffy's birthday Ooh, because they like yeah. had sex for the first time yep. on her birthday and yep. then David Boreanaz went ape shit. Yep. Um, and Joyce like shares this cupcake with Buffy and it's so fucking dramatic. Like I love Joss Whedon. She's like, do you want to blow out the candle, Buffy? And Buffy's <laughs> like, no, just watch it burn. <laughs> oh, that's writing. And that's the end of the episode. You just watch the candle burning down. Yeah. Wow, that, you know, that's, that's a, a better ending than the glass menagerie. <laughs> yeah. Blow your candles <laughs> out, Laura. <laughs> no, Laura says, I just want to watch it burn. Yeah. Fade out, oh, end of perfect. play. That works. Let's change it. Um, there, she also makes an appearance in episode, let's see, season two, the episode called School Hard. Mm. Um and she attacks Spike like with an axe at the parent-teacher conference. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Which is sort of her, for the first time she kind of stands up for Buffy, but she still doesn't know that Buffy's a vampire slayer yet. Correct. Correct. Which happens at the end of season two, and that's kind of traumatic because she throws Buffy out of her house. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's bad. And yeah. then we have that horrible episode called Anne, which is just atrocious, where <laughs> Buffy goes and, like, has a different identity. But then she comes back. Oh, yeah. Um, like Chris what, Gaines? What a... D- <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. It's like, like Chris, Chris Gaines, Gaines only... Anne. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really dumb. What have they I were, been missing? They were like, what's the opposite of the name Buffy? Anne. Anne. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anne plain and uh-huh. tall. Yep. Um, let's see. There's also uh, in season three. So season three is really like where you're going to find the good stuff. That's where Ted is mm-hmm. in season three. Um, and there's also at the end of Lover's Walk, which is an episode about... Uh, the different different couples who are all like torn apart Mm -hmm. but uh, Spike shows up to kill Buffy but Buffy's not home and Joyce ends up making uh, like hot cocoa for Spike and talking to him about all of his problems with Drusilla and it's just the most charming she's just so sweet and understanding even though he's there to kill her and it's it's a lovely scene yeah they're they're acting the hell out of it that's what I'll say um and then there's band candy, which is the one where uh, all of the parents become young again because oh, they yes. eat this candy that makes them all teenagers. Yes! And all of her references are like Juice Newton, which is incredible. <laughs> and then and then she bangs Giles on the hood of a car. Yeah. Of her car, of her like Oldsmobile. Yep. And it's hot. Yeah. Anthony Head is like... Hot. <laughs> Hot for head. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah, that's a good, that's um, a, I forgot about, that's fun. That's a good episode. Buffy's a fun it's, show. It's, it's the most, it's the most fun. I actually didn't discover Buffy until I was in college. Mm. Uh, I didn't watch it when I was in high school, but then all of my friends in college had watched it when they were in high school sure. and they got me into it. Well, it was mostly Ben Strauss. I said all my friends, but it was Ben Strauss. Yeah. And um, I feel like we all have one friend that was like, you gotta watch Buffy, and then we watched yeah. Buffy because of them. Never cool. had that yeah. friend, never watched it. I yeah. married that person. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I married he that He married friend. his friend. My friend is Vicky. <laughs> she gave me all of her VHS tapes of Buffy that were taped from TV. Oh, man. Yes. Nice. Like, With commercials amazing. and all. All of it. It was amazing. So thanks, Vicky Bonilla. How many seasons were there? Six. 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 I don't know. Yeah, six. Okay. So, yeah. Maybe there's seven. After after the fifth season, it's a real... I mean, even the fourth and fifth are kind of rough when she's in college. And then once... It just goes off the rails. When Willow's evil... Yeah. Dark Willow. Dark Willow. (laughs) Yep, yep. And, and, And to draw a parallel, like, when when Joyce dies, it is like your whole world gets ripped out of your heart. And when Tara dies, mm. you're like, okay. <laughs> That's true. Tara was so boring. <laughs> she, was. she was so boring. She, was. Yeah. she made, she made Alison Hannigan kind of interesting. Sure. sure but but sure. Tara herself was pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, she's kind, she's optimistic. She loves her daughter. She's a single mom. She works in an art gallery. She's flawed. She makes mistakes. But she's Joyce Summers. Yeah. That's my pick. Great pick. Solid pick. Love it. Thanks, thanks. I'm I'm like smiling just thinking about Christine Sutherland. She brings me joy. (laughs) That's what the best TV mom should do. Bring you joy. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe snacks. And and probably snacks. Yeah. God. (laughs) The street today is full of noise. It's a busy street. All right. You're next, AJ. All right. Second. Well, well, we're going to circle tonight, so just deal with it. <laughs> TV moms. Okay, so what What makes a good mother? I think we have to think there's, of course, you have to have children. Uh, that's the first step. Yep. The second thing is that I think you should like the children. So the mother is uh, oftentimes, you know, defensive of her for her children. I think that does make a good mother. Um... um other areas is that you know the the mom has usually a a, a spouse that they kind of like uh, endure and love, and um, and so for that I reason, so I was thinking I was like you know I thought 
Lucille Ball and I Love Lucy. And then I thought, you know, well, that show's not really about her being a mother so much. I mean, yes, she is a mother to Ricky Jr. Um, but, you know, that it's not the focus. Then there's, you know, like uh, Wilma from the Flintstones. And uh, Edith Bunker. I definitely thought hard about Edith Bunker. who's a, you know. That's what Pete said you were going to say. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it, 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 I'll tell you, it's a close second. Edith Bunker is a, definitely a close second. But no, I, I had to pick. And, and this is probably going to be a thank you, car alarm, for ruining my choice. Sorry. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that's what ruined it. Yes. <laughs> no, well, my choice is, is I believe it's, it's America's mother. It's uh, it's 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 Marge Simpson. Uh, of course it is. <laughs> it's just there. I mean, Martha I don't Washington. mean to pick something so obvious, but you know, it's the only person here that was on the Simpsons episode oh. that is absolutely my favorite show of all time, sure. and then so it makes sense that Marge is the best. TV mom. And now, really, so Marge has been a TV mom for over 30 years. The show has been great. on. She it's, looks great. It's wonderful. You know. She um, doesn't sound great, but that's always kind of <laughs> well, that's <laughs> Julie, Ka- Julie Kavner's unique gravelly tone. Um, you know. But I'm saying it's gotten significantly gravelier. <laughs> well, that's it's, a choice. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Of course it that's is. That's a choice, Claire. <laughs> but, you know. Just everything about Marge, her unique blue hair, um, you know, the her, her fierce devotion to her children and her husband. And you know what's always wonderful is the way that Marge actually, like, will defend some of Homer's stupidity when it actually is a surprisingly smart idea. You know, in the in the episode where he did de- he determines how to supply the city with alcohol, and he explains the entire plot to her, you automatically think that she's going to yell at him and be the you know the the, the wife that's offended by her husband's illegal activity, and she's like, no, I'm actually very impressed <laughs> with that entire scheme, and then Lisa pipes in, she's like, quiet, Lisa, um, so. <laughs> You know, there are so many great Marge episodes. Uh, you know, Marge becomes addicted to gambling. Marge, uh, Marge on the Lamb. Uh, Marge, Marge versus the Monorail, the mm-hmm. um, the Music Man spinoff. And then, of course, you know, for me, the best episode, which really I think encapsulates the the Simpsons um, in so many ways, is I don't know the actual title of it, but it's. Marge versus America's class system. That's the best way that I can describe it. It is the episode in which Marge finds a a cheap Chanel dress. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a pantsuit, and she gets invited to the country club, mm. and she oh, then yes, yes, right. It's a wonderful episode because it's 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 fascinatingly deep about America's caste system um and it she goes to the country club and then she goes home and then she's reinvited again by these women friends to the country club but all she has is like her green house dress and this chanel suit so she then has to alter the chanel suit Mm -hmm. and then alter it and alter it so the episode she continually is altering it until of course it falls apart in the sewing machine and it, you know, it, it ends with her kind of blowing up. But it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant uh, assessment of just America's. Uh, I'm, I'm trying, folks. AJ's I'm trying. Mad this about is, the car alarm that won't stop going off. I live on one of the noisiest streets in America, apparently, <laughs> and I'm currently forced to be teaching high school from my home. <laughs> And it's just a microcosm of the frustration that I experience all fucking day long. So, sorry. Also, I'm a little since you can't edge. see him, he's wearing protective goggles for yes. no reason. He's still wearing his... And pounding his fists on the table as Yes, so I'm going to wrap up my choice and then go out and throw a shoe. Um, but, it, you know, so, so but the, it's a, that episode is a brilliant, you know, definition of what The Simpsons is, which is really so much about... People in the middle class struggling with being in the middle class. And that, I think, is is what The Simpsons kind of frankly boils down to in many ways. 
And uh, although nowadays you see a lot of things, you know, memes and such, they say, like, there's no way The Simpsons could exist anymore. Like Homer, like a a lower level employee at a nuclear power plant, Marge, a stay-at-home mom, and they live in this, like, two-story house with two cars. So, (laughs) you know, yes, that is, I agree that is 2021, that is the truth. But, um, But The Simpsons is really just... It's such a heart-filled show, and Marge has got so much heart. She really is the heart of the show, if you think about that. And, um, you know, because you have Homer's the buffoon, Bart's the asshole, Lisa's the smarty pants, Maggie's the baby, Marge is the heart. So, you know, that that I, I'm sure if I were a note-taking man, I could give you a lot more <laughs> clever quips and, and, and clever trivia about Julie Kavner. I don't know. Julie Kavner, she has a weird voice. Um, you know, she's done some Woody Allen films. She was on Rhoda. Uh, she's yeah. on Rhoda, and she voices both Marge and her sisters. Yes. She, she may oh, be yeah. shocked to know Patty and Selma are also <laughs> Julie Kavner. Um, but now they all sound the same. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so that's it. You know, Mar- the heart of the Simpsons, Marge Simpson, America's mother. She's got great hair. She has great that really hair. Great hair. Great hair. I I agree with you though. I think the Simpsons, when it's at its best, is like it's all heart. It is. It's got like absolutely. a sweetness to it. It's what it's what the Family Guy has always lacked. Because the endless comparisons between the two show, it, it all comes down to a, a, a soul that is present in The Simpsons that is vaguely right. absent in Family Guy. A streetcar named Marge. Great episode. Oh, a streetcar. Yes, of course. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, and how can I forget that? I, in fact, I'm teaching my students a streetcar named Desire. And the, for me, like, the Sunday treat at the end is that we're watching a streetcar named Marge. Yeah. None of them will probably <laughs> enjoy it, but I'll get a oh, hell of a kick. They're like the New Orleans song. Like, yeah, yeah, they might. <laughs> That's fun. But yeah, streetcar named Marge. Great episode. So, yes. Good job. Yeah. Marge Simpson. Not trash. Not trash. Not trash. That's not two even nights recycling. in a row I've gotten picks that aren't, uh, aren't horrible, so I'm on a roll. You're on a roll, buddy. <laughs> Don't get a big head about it. <laughs> it's weird. Street. It's like you were doing this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> One more and that's a winning streak. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go next. Oh, my. My TV mother mm-hmm. is, I believe, the best TV mother of all time. Okay. Um, Excellent. She started <clears throat> off as a daytime soap star mm-hmm. on uh, Sunrise Bay. She was married to the former CEO of the second largest video rental company in North America. She has two children. And her name is Moira Rose uh, from Schitt's Creek. Uh, and every one of you yeah. is wrong because no one <laughs> yeah, is better really than Catherine good. O'Hara. She's pretty good. She's a treasure. Yeah, true. She's a treasure. And she beats all of you people. I didn't even yeah, go it's yet. really good. I know who your pick is, and she's better than your pick. All right. Well, uh, she is pretty good. She's good. Um, Moira Rose is the best television mother that has ever existed because she is batshit bonkers insanity and still a good human and actually loves her children and actually has a soul and a heart and cares about the people around her, even though she has a hard black exterior. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for those of you who are not familiar with what Shit's Creek is, turn this off. Get it together. And go on to Netflix <laughs> and immediately start watching Shit's Creek because it's the best thing you'll ever do for yourself. Um, yeah, the show is perfect. It just <laughs> ended in 2020 at the beginning of quarantine, basically. So, oh, Which you- meant that... When we were all in our most fragile. Yes, yes. exactly. It was the end of it. And I was so sad because I so wanted to watch like the finale with my friends mm-hmm. so we could all like celebrate this beautiful show ending and none of us could because we were all in fucking quarantine. Um, anyway, as I said, Catherine O'Hara mm-hmm. stars as this role. She did the entire series, the eighty, all 80 episodes. She was in the pilot. Eugene and Dan Levy tricked her into being in the pilot basically because she was like, nah, I want to do this and they're like just do the pilot and we won't make you do the actual show if the pilot gets picked up and she was like okay I can do that and then the show immediately got picked up and she's like okay I guess I'll do it (laughs) um, which you know you learn all about when you watch the documentary about the making of Schitt's Creek that is also on Netflix so watch that when you're done watching seasons one through six Um, yeah Moira is this insanely ridiculous 
overdressed former soap opera star who has two adult children, Alexis and David. She is married to Johnny Rose, who famously owns the second <laughs> most successful <laughs> rental company in the in the. So the whole joke is all the time is that they never say Blockbuster, but but everyone knows that they're second to Blockbuster sure, in North sure. America. Um, the uh, character was inspired by wealthy reality TV stars from Keeping Up the Kardashians and Real Housewives franchise. Um, but. Oh, and Moira's entire look is based off of a woman named Daphne Guinness, and you can all look her up also. She has an insanely amazing Instagram account, um, and it's her work, like, this woman is just a goddess on earth, and she, it looks like Moira Rose came to life, um, but her... (laughs) Outfits are almost exclusively all in black and white. She wears insane wigs. She wears like five wigs as an episode, which was all <laughs> Catherine O'Hara, because she was like, hey, what if she wears a different wig every time we see her? <laughs> and Dan Levy was like, that sounds great. Do it. Whatever you want. And she has names for all of the wigs. They all have special mm-hmm. books that they have to move. Like, oh, yes. it is just one of the funniest things ever. When she screams in the show, it's delightful. Like, cause she's the only actor that like has such a hilarious, like, Pained, like so, oh, she, like yeah. when something happens to the witch, she usually ends up screaming. My babies. <laughs> um, she also has an extraordinarily peculiar way of speaking on the show. A little bit. Um, oh my god, the fancy A's. She has an me. indecipherable accent. When Catherine O'Hara is asked about this accent, she says she has no idea where it is from. It is not an accent that she like. It's not a real accent. It's just one that she has made up. It is a combination of a bunch of shit that she has no idea what it is. Because a lot of people try and say that it's like mid-Atlantic. And she's like, it's definitely not that. I just don't know what it is. She's she's like, I just decided that I was going to talk weird and turn like monosyllabic, mono, like one syllable words into two or three syllable words just to see if it would happen. And she... David. On, yeah, David. On the, um, on the documentary, she talks about how... Sometimes she has to, she has trouble getting into the voice before she goes on camera. <laughs> and Eugene Levy just goes, "What's your favorite movie?" And she goes, "Aviator." And like <laughs> saying "Aviator" in the weird Moira Rose voice is what gets him into the voice, and that's how she can like figure out where she needs to be. It is really funny when you watch the like bloopers, yes. where she'll go from that voice, and then she'll be like, "Oh, freaking turn!" Yeah, and then she goes into her extremely polite Canadian voice with like her weird O's, and like it's and she's yeah. like, and she says "sorry," and it's adorable. <laughs> Yeah, and she, like Joe Pesci, just says a bunch of words that aren't curse words. Correct, Which yes. is adorable. Yes. Um, yeah, Moira has... She she is so unhappy to be in Schitt's Creek the entire series, whereas, like, everyone else kind of, like, just sort of gets used to it and is sort of okay with it by the end. She just absolutely fucking hates being in Schitt's Creek. And she somehow still manages to have very beautiful, like, loving moments with a lot of people on the show. Um, Two in particular that uh, speak to me as being very adorable is when, oh, okay, if you haven't seen it, spoilers, don't fucking (laughs) listen to this. If you haven't seen Shit's Creep, you're a weird person. Um, And again, just go watch it. We want that for you. Just watch it. We'll be here. Turn the podcast off. We'll be here. So at the end, this is in season six when she's trying, when Herb Erdlinger is trying to give her her own wine, which also when she's trying to record the wine commercial in the first season and she gets so drunk and she can't say words, uh, the way she says crab apple is one of the funniest (laughs) things that has ever existed on the planet. But she's talking, she takes David with her to go taste wine and they're very drunk. And David and Patrick are about to get married. And she tells David, she's like, you know, you and Patrick are two good grapes. You're different notes, different tannins. But together you have managed to make one perfect blend. And she's like, that being said, you and I are very potent grapes. And there's a lot of your father and Patrick. And David's like, didn't need to hear that. Um, (laughs) But she's like, but just because they have subtle notes doesn't mean they need less attention. And she like talks to him about like getting married. And it's so sweet and... She loves David so much, and she, you know, she's like, I have no doubt that your relationship with Patrick is going to get even better with age, and it's so sweet and lovely, 
And then the other moment that, like, I love that, like, just kills me is when she's talking to Stevie um, in the middle of Cabaret, when Cab- when they're performing Cabaret. Yeah. Um, Stevie is backstage before she's about to go on and sing, maybe this time, and she's, like, having a rough go of it, and she's kind of upset because she says that she feels like everyone is growing up around her and they're moving on without her. And um, Moira tells her, um, she's like, I... I don't know what you're... You never seem to be worried about anything, Steve. She's like, what is your secret? You refuse to be anything but who you truly are. She's like, and I never thought I'd say this about anyone else in this town, but you are very, very cool. And it's one of, like... And, like, Stevie, like, immediately perks up, and she says, um, now, why don't we take our Sally by the hand and go out there and show these people everything she can be if she were only a little bit more like you? And it's so sweet, and it, like, immediately helps Stevie... And she goes out and she like does her song and it's great. And it's moments like that that I'm like, oh yeah, only Catherine O'Hara can do that because she's such a fucking good actor. So she goes from these just insane highs to these beautiful, warm, loving, caring moments. And I think that's why Moira is the best. She's just great. And then we're going to go through some of my favorite lines that Moira says now because she says insane lines. She does. Um, I'd kill for a good coma right now. You are bored, lethargic, and practically dripping with ennui. David, stop acting like a disgruntled pelican. Sure. Let's all go to bed and pray we don't wake up. The world is falling apart around us and I'm dying inside. A heavy salad might as well be a casserole. <laughs> the end of and she runs and she's like, it's probably nothing, but I think I've killed a man. <laughs> and she doesn't give him anything. And then he dies. Um, and then, uh, oh, social media is an amusement park for clinical narcissists. Um, and then... One, and then my favorite one that I love, and that's actually really sweet, she says, when one of us shines, all of us shine. Moira is the best. And also, um, if you're not going to watch Shit's Creek, <laughs> may I suggest... You fool. You, you fool. Number one, you're an idiot, and what's wrong with you? But if I may suggest one scene to look up on YouTube, just simply Google Shit's Creek, Moira, David, enchiladas, and go watch Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> Try to make enchiladas. Listen to the way she says enchiladas. <laughs> Listen to the way she describes trying to fold in cheese. Just fold it, it is a masterclass in comedy, is what this character is. And I also feel like that scene is what's really like made me love Shit's Creek. Yes. I think up until that point I liked it. And I was watching it, but like that scene made me fall in love with it where I was like Oh, it's fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. And it, it is a masterclass in comedy. It's all I can say about her. She has won a d- billions of awards <laughs> for this show. I have it written down somewhere. Where is it? Um, she won, where is it? Five consecutive Canadian Screen Awards, mm-hmm. which are their equivalent to Emmys. So she won five in a row for this. She won um, two television critics. Uh, Association Awards. She's been nominated for an Emmy twice. She won last year when the whole shebang won every single that thing. That was a sweep. Yeah, and she's been nominated for a Screen Actors Guild for this coming year or last year or something like that. So Kill it. She is amazing. The character is amazing. I can't can't speak highly enough about Moira Rose. She is the best TV mom ever. And, you know, I would say also for people that are, are movie buffs, you know, the sub story about her uh, appearing in the crows have eyes too. <laughs> the crow, the crowning, oh, yeah. is one of the best storylines of the entire uh, series. Yeah. It's fantastic. You just keep waiting for it to go wrong, <laughs> and it does. And it, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, um, it's truly amazing. It's so, good stuff. It's good call. That's the best. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, that's my winning. Not trash. Is it, is it to me? Should I it's, even go? I mean, you can go. <laughs> it's fine. Now, I think I know who you pick. Okay. Yeah, we all know who we pick. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we all know. I have a vague... <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a vague, decent guess. Well, uh, before that, let's go to a late Ooh, and a word from our sponsors. Oh, sorry. No, it's all right. Someone uh, today asked me if we were actually sponsored by the things that we talk about. Do they have money? <laughs> She's like, are you actually sponsored by Vizzy? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Diet Coke. Yes, my favorite drink ever. Drink Diet Coke because sometimes enough is enough. Uh, <laughs> Keith was about Oh my God, is this going to be another Kahlua surprise? Yeah, you, you still got that Kahlua in the fridge. Well, you know. <clears throat> maybe, okay. maybe later. We'll get to it. <laughs> okay, so. It's to me. Uh, my choice uh, may or may not, I don't know. I, I think it might not seem obvious because she was only a TV mom for three seasons. I think it's pretty obvious. It's not a very long time. Okay, um, this is not like thought. <laughs> I can't wait to know who you think. We're going to all say who we thought think you picked after. Like like all of your picks, uh, my, uh, my choice is a fierce, emphasis on fierce, protector of her family. Yes. Um, my choice for best TV mom, however, is also a doctor. This is not who I thought. Who the fuck did you think? A dancer. Yes, queen. And a diva. <laughs> My God. Now, the final clue yep. is another visual one. Yay! <laughs> so she's not actually on the shirt. No, but it's a t-shirt. No. But it's a t-shirt from... It's, a, it, it's clearly a t-shirt. I mean, I'm not going to say what it is, from... but I don't want to ruin it for Keith. All right, I'm May talking... I say the Fresh Prince? You can say that, because I'm talking about, of course, the matriarch of the Banks family, Philip's wife. Hillary, Hillary Carlton, Ashley, and baby Nikki's mom, Will's aunt, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's prolific professor, Vivian Banks. Yay! Uh, Aunt Viv. Original Aunt Viv. To clarify. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. We're talking about OG Aunt Viv, Janet Hubert. All due respect to Daphne Maxwell-Reed, but Hubert is the best Aunt Viv. Obviously. And I think the best TV mom. So we all know about the episode mm -hmm. yes. where Janet Hubert firmly entrenched herself <laughs> in the pop culture consciousness. My God. But I'd like to start from the beginning. <laughs> from West Philadelphia, mm -hmm. born and raised, Vivian was one of four Smith girls. Growing up, she was an outstanding but overwhelmed student. She enjoyed dancing, but she couldn't quite keep her grades up. Her family was counting on her to be the one who made it out of Philly, but she cracked under pressure ran off with some guy and quit school. Her words, not mine. Mm -hmm. By the time she realized she'd made a mistake, it was too late. She was left with no education and nothing she was qualified to do. But she scratched and clawed her way back, cleaning hotel rooms during the day while she worked toward getting her GED at night. All of that information is from one episode in season one. <laughs> wow. Featuring, ja backstory. featuring Jasmine Guy. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, she eventually earned her PhD from UCLA in 1971, where she met a law student named Philip Banks. Babe. Became a college professor of English literature and black history, the latter of which she briefly taught at Bel Air Academy. Yay. Now, there are two Vivian Bankses, and by that I mean there are two different, like, personalities, I guess you could say. Not, there's two different actresses, too, but we'll get into that. <laughs> Vivian Banks, the family woman. She enjoys high tea and reading poetry with her family. She greatly enjoys spending time with her sisters, Vi, Helen, and Janice, often erupting into joyous celebrations whenever one of them is in town or just in the room. <laughs> Diva! Go back and watch that if you have not seen that. On two separate occasions, she has removed her earrings to defend her son <laughs> in a fight, one of which was a fight with Hank Azaria. Yes! As a police a officer in Palm Springs. Yeah. Oh, honey, we about to get very busy. <laughs> She has great reactions to Will whenever he mentions like things that aren't a big deal to him, like going to a um, a pawn shop in East LA. East LA, <laughs> um, or that they're going to spend the day in Compton. Compton. <laughs> Tonight we're going to MacArthur Park. MacArthur Park. <laughs> and then of course there's Vivian Banks, the performer. Now she has vocal prowess, uh, as displayed on the Banks visit to the mall. Mm -hmm. She sings proud Mary karaoke. Yeah. Um, and she sings uh, spirituals when she teaches Black History at Bel Air Academy. She's got a really good voice. And then there's the dance audition. My God. Okay. So the episode is called The 4-0. Um, Aunt Viv is feeling depressed about turning 40, even though she's freaking gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, she's hot. So she decides to go to back to her first love, dancing. Um, in the class, it's like, it's, it's, they call it advanced jazz. Um, she falls on the floor as she's learning this routine. So she doesn't go back. She's too ashamed, she's, uh, and she's like physically, you know, hurt uh, from this class. But she takes private lessons from Natalia Broshkova. Of um, course, and, and then uh, she returns to class for audition day um, in this uh, choreographed routine by uh, Rumel Rue, who's mm. the, the gentleman that teaches it in, in the episode. Uh, she dances to Everybody Dance Now. And I think we've probably all seen this. If you haven't, my goodness, fix your life. Um, she absolutely crushes... 
this routine. Uh, um, that bodysuit. Six, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight. I can hear it. I can see it. It's beautiful. Um, there's these two bitchy girls. Choreographed by, by Kenny Ortega. Ortega. I'm sure. Probably. What? Shut up. Naturally. <laughs> of course Shut Ortega up. choreographed that. No, I, I believe the guy in the episode taught it. That would be great. <laughs> um, and there's these two bitchy, two bitchy girls in the episode who give her crap about, you know, um, the only classes she should be taking are Lamaze. What? Bitches. And after she, you know, slays this routine, she walks over to them. And I don't know if there was like a micro, like a boom mic oh, near her hand, but she has the best snap in like the history of television. She just snaps at these women <laughs> and it's so loud. Like I could, they were physically affected by this. And then of course she walks out in the hall and passes out. She lands the lead role, but she misses her family and books. So she decides <laughs> to pass. Okay. Um, and Every director's dream. Yes, of course. <laughs> the, the, the person you've been waiting for walks in the room, gives a brilliant audition, then passes. Now, as mentioned, um, we probably can't, don't have enough time to get into actually why she left the show, but she was replaced in season, at the end of season three by Daphne Maxwell-Reed. Um, if you watch the show, this is no surprise to you, but Janet Hubert had a character. And Daphne yeah. Maxwell Reed didn't. Correct. <laughs> um, you know, the role was essentially reimagined um, in season four as like a homemaker. She didn't really have a lot of influence. She kind of took care of baby Nikki, but the professor thing was gone. Yeah. There was no singing, acting. Uh, like, Janet Hubert sort of, um, they sort of split, you know, the parental role between her and, um, and James Avery early on in the show. But there was like none of that from Daphne Maxwell Reed. There was no lessons she taught. Um, you know, she was more of just like, there were like gags that kind of went on at the house that her and Ashley sort of perpetrated. Mm -hmm. Um, Jeffrey was already holding everything down at the house. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that's fine if she wants to stay home, of course. I don't understand why everything else had to go out the window when she had baby Nikki. But, um, she kept the kids and Uncle Phil in check. Uh, Janet Hubert did. I think the show was weaker without her, uh, in seasons four through six. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things that really, <laughs> uh, grinds my gears is that she did <laughs> 73 episodes as Aunt Viv. And Daphne Maxwell Reed did seventy four. Yeah, it's such a it's such a stupid annoying thing. But Ooh. she's she, yeah, but she's definitely considered like you know the real Amphib, the OG, yeah. like the GED storyline thing. That would have never been you know a storyline with with Daphne Maxwell Reed. Um, oh, and just you know, fun fact: uh, Janet Hubert was in the original cast of Cats on Broadway. Who did she play? Oh. I don't know how to. It's like, which one? Let me see. Tamam. Tamamil. Tamamil. Is it that one? She was Tamamil. Yep. So like that's the, that's oh, not you know, that's, that's not exciting. a uh, an Aunt Viv fact. That's a that's no, a Angelicals can, Angelicals do. <laughs> uh, she the was, second time that's been said on this podcast. <laughs> I could not be more happy about it. It's one of my catchphrases. <laughs> and if you want to know more about the reason she left the show, go watch the wonderful reunion special. But but gird your loins because you're gonna cry from thirty seconds in till the roll of credits. Correct. And she keeps it real as Janet Hubert always would. Yeah. Um, and yeah, those those first those first two seasons especially, uh, she's tremendous. And um, like I said, she's you know more of a there, there are teaching moments there, and she's wonderful. And then no one's ever going to forget the the dance audition. It's, no, it's a, it's the gift heard around the world. Everybody dance now. She's <laughs> she's like oh man, it's she's her, just, her yes, arms, her arms, her long arms, and that amazing bodysuit. And then that the, yeah the, oh, the pose at the end. So good. Um. So yeah, Jenna Hubert. That's what I'm going with. It's a stunning pick. Diva. Stunning, stunning showing. I'm excited by all of these. Not a whole lot of trash here. No, this is great. So, can I say who I thought you were going to pick? Of course, yeah, of 100%. course. I thought that Keith was going to pick Marie Costanza. <laughs> George Costanza's wow. mother. Um, oh, you know, because I, Keith is a big fan of Seinfeld. I am. I don't really think she's like the best mom. <laughs> Well, she, she's certainly entertaining. Of course, and she makes a lot of paella. <laughs> she gets erotic sponge baths. She, she does. That's just who I thought that he was going to pick. She, uh, you know, and as certainly a, a humorous TV mom, of course. And, and up in the running for me was Felicia Rashad, of course. Yeah. That's who said. I thought you were going to say. Yeah, I mean, she's right up there, of, of course. And she obviously had a lot more, um, you know, time on screen than Jack sure. Hubert did. But I, I got to go with my girl, you know. Everything about the Glasby show sadly is tainted. Well, you know. It just is. We got a book donated from Bill Cosby the other day. That was, like, gross. 
Yeah, I definitely wouldn't take that. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't know. take that. Yeah, there's no knock on Felicia Rashad or any of the other brilliant actors on this show. I just feel bad. Yeah, it's hard. It's one, it's one of my favorite shows growing up, but you know, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody dance now. Yeah, this was great. Good job, team. I would just like to say the car alarm only went off when AJ was talking. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna point that out as well. Thank you for saying that. I wonder what that means. Remote control control under the table. during my my entire segment was was punctuated by the car alarm. Interesting. (laughs) I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what that means about you. Just put your conspiracy theories right in the DMs, please. (laughs) Yes, folks. Let me know. Uh, Who's the worst TV mom? Oof. What? I don't want to do that. Daphne from Fresh Prince. Oh, definitely Maxwell Reed. The yeah. Second 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 um, sucks. Probably the mom in my so-called life. She sucks. Peg Bundy's pretty bad. Oh, oh a lot of people Bundy, like Peg Bundy. Wonderful. A lot of people I mean, like Peg Bundy. She's not a good mom. No, <laughs> not a good mom. That's you so know. funny. Yeah, I don't know who the worst is. I don't know. I can't wait to hear how Lily Munster. Like, no, I'm Fuck her. Carol Brady. Fuck off. Oh well, I mean that's boring. Yeah, and dumb. Where, where would she be without Alice? Exactly. You know, but Tim Taylor's wife. Tim Taylor. It was kind of boring. What are we talking about? Jill Taylor. Jill Taylor from Home Group. Oh, don't talk about that man <laughs> on my podcast. Here's a here's a fun fact. Uh, Claire uh, Joyce is one of only two uh, people that died of natural causes on Buffy. <gasps> oh wow! Like, uh, and and by that I mean it? like non monster and non and non like vo- non violent. Interesting. Oh. Because there right, was a Tara gets shot. Tara does by get an shot. Evil yeah. person. There was the uh, Cassie, like the precog girl, who like says she's gonna die. Do you remember that? Oh when, yeah. When Buffy was their guidance counselor. Oh. Yeah. The precog girl. <laughs> well, you know she had powers. Oh uh, yeah, no, I knew what you meant. But yeah, I liked it. they uh, that yeah they save her from like being attacked and then uh, and being like I think sacrificed and then she has heart failure. Oh no. <laughs> so, thanks, Joss. It's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna end on a bummer. That's okay. Yeah. Sometimes you need to. I like to exploring the idea of worst TV mom. Though. Sure, or best TV death. Oh yeah, <laughs> natural yeah. or otherwise. Natural or otherwise. Sometimes yeah. that's just where my mind goes. It's okay. <laughs> just want to think about all the different deaths. The mo- yeah, I mean we can talk about that later. <laughs> I won't talk about the saddest death on TV for me. We'll talk about that later. Mod Flanders was funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that was this, and we've done it. Good job, everyone. We um, did this. Yep. All right. We'll see everybody next week. Cue the car alarm. Your Opinion is Trash is produced by no one. Edited by Matt Jackson with graphic design from Matt Phelan and original music by Kay the Beast. Please subscribe, like, and rate us on all podcast platforms and join our Patreon for more nonsense. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.